0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. This is Audrey Raj and welcome to a very unique episode of Resource Center. I've always wanted to play that one on air. And I guess if you wait long enough, life has a way of giving you what you want. Ari! Now, if you're wondering why that tune sounds familiar, that was the theme song to the popular forensics crime TV series, CSI, or Crime Scene Investigations. And if you're wondering why I'm playing that on the show, that's because our topic today is totally giving me CSI vibes. We're going to be talking about forensic accounting today. Not as sexy as CSI Miami, but interesting nevertheless. And to do this with me is Kavita from
1: I'm Kavita Arrasala and I'm from uh, Asia Pacific University of Technology and Innovation. So I am a lecturer and also a program leader for the School of Accounting and Finance. So I teach modules like uh, Forensic Accounting and also Taxation in School of Accounting and
0: Finance. So Kavita, uh, on the show today, we're going to be talking about Forensic Accounting. Now, What is the role of a forensic accountant in a business setting? Because I automatically uh, think of CSI for some reason.
1: Exactly. We do call ourselves as CSI of accounting. (laughs) To understand the role of a forensic accountant, it is very important for us to understand the term fraud because forensic accountant, their role is associated with a fraud investigation and also fraud prevention. So the main element of fraud is deception, where someone knowingly misused trust for their personal gain. So that is fraud. So when we say fraud, it can be for the company or against the company. So usually fraud for the company, it means the management try to beautify the uh, annual report and financial statements so that investors have more confidence in them. But today, we're going to focus on fraud against the company, where the victim is the company itself. So, this fraud against the company, it can be committed either internally, which is where uh, employees stealing money from the company or employees stealing inventory and selling it online, okay? or externally, when the vendor is charging excessive prices for the products that they sell. So, where, for internal fraud, we call it as occupational fraud or asset misappropriation which is uh, currently it is the highest fraud which is being reported internal fraud which is occupational fraud so as acfe association of certified fraud examiner they have estimated that a typical organization they lose about 5% of its annual revenue to fraud so, we can say that all organisations are actually subject to the risk of fraud. So, it's very important because here, what forensic accountants do, they combine their accounting knowledge with investigation skill to investigate this fraud based on the red flags raised by the clients, of course, the victims. And not only that, forensic accountant also important to actually... prevent fraud in an organization. So they give advisors and assurance how fraud can be prevented. So like you said, we are the CSIs for accounting.
0: Right. So is this only for large organizations or should uh, smaller businesses, should SMEs consider uh, employing the services of a forensic accountant as well?
1: Okay, if you see, the scope of forensic accountants, they are broad, okay? And uh, especially with the pandemic, okay, it has become really important for organizations to assess whether they are open to the risk of fraud. So, they might be a victim of fraud and all that. So, small. the problem is small businesses, they might not have the budget to permanently employ a forensic accountant. However, they can always engage a forensic accountant for specific services. For example, they can come in to give advisors on how to prevent fraud and how to detect fraud. Okay, if you see, uh, according to the survey of ACFE, after, now the pandemic is here and uh, people are working from home and uh, remotely they are working, right? So according to the global survey, all types of occupational fraud rose in 2020 and is expected to rise in 2021 for 90%. Up by up to 90%. Up to 90%. So, so fraud really has a huge impact in an organization. We would say that not only loss of revenue, but loss of productivity, loss of employee motivation, company reputation. So, in my opinion, it is important for SMEs also to engage in the service of forensic accountants. If you see actually, right, uh, also by the survey, ACFE Surveyor, the small businesses, which is like uh, especially those with less than 100 employees, they suffer larger losses due to occupational fraud because you, large organizations, they will have fraud response team, they will have fraud management team, but this SME, they tend
0: to ignore the existence of the risk of fraud. But what kind of fraud are we talking about in an SME? Because earlier you mentioned what it would be like, uh, you mentioned internal fraud in a larger organisation. But what kind of fraud would SMEs be open to or subject to? To understand what
1: kind of fraud that they're subject to, we need to understand the accounting cycle. So, normally, in a normal accounting cycle, we have sales, purchases, payroll, inventory, right? So, SMEs are also open uh, to all these types of fraud. Let's just assume a simple example. Uh, Let's say a person have a small breakfast shop. So, Mr. A has a breakfast shop where he sells sandwiches, drinks, and all that. See, uh, usually, the owner of the businesses, they will hire an employee in the shop and also a cash registry machine there. So there are risks that employees do not use the cash registry machine, especially when the customers just, you know, it's a breakfast, so they will just rush off, buy something, and they go back, right? So what happened is, imagine the employee does not record the cash and put the cash in the pocket. So we call it a scheming scheme. So, this kind of fraud is actually doesn't go into the books and it is very difficult to be detected. So, we need forensic accountant to actually come into the organisation and analyse the opportunities, what are the pitfalls and the control and give suggestions on how these frauds can be prevented.
0: Okay. Now, um, just coming back to the role of a forensic accountant, how uh, is that different from a regular accountant uh, and an auditor? Because I'm just confused here. So I'm wondering, um, how would you differentiate their roles?
1: Okay, we will see the role of an accountant, an auditor and a forensic accountant, they are considered like a different genre itself because accountants, usually the work of a typical day-to-day accountant will be involving, analysing the company data and key in the data, prepare the financial statements, that's the work of an accountant while auditors, they will come in to check the financial statements to ensure that, okay, the accounting standards are followed and they give opinion that financial statements are true and fair. So, that's auditors do. But forensic accountant, they come in to do investigations and to give advisors on how to prevent fraud from happening. If we see the investigation process of an audit and forensic accounting might be similar, like the stages, like, you know, planning, evidence gathering, review process, reporting, that may be same. But the forensic accountant work, it always, when they do their work, they have to assume that it may be brought to the court of law. So, like, auditors do find evidence, right? But when forensic accountants find evidence, this evidence is different because when a forensic accountant has an evidence, he has to make sure that that particular evidence needs to be presented to the court of law. So they have to ensure that the legal processes are followed when they collect evidence because their work, they might have to present their report to the court of law also. So it's a totally different uh, scope of work being done by accountant, auditor and also forensic account.
0: So you just mentioned that they, uh, these forensic accountants may also need to represent uh, or, or bring this evidence to court, right? Um, okay, correct. So will they need to have some legal expertise as well?
1: Uh usually forensic accountant uh, what differentiate a forensic accountant with an accountant and auditor is the legal knowledge that they have and understanding of fraud. So legal knowledge in the sense of how do you preserve an evidence. For example, when they collect an uh, a document as an evidence, they have to ensure that the chain of custody is protected. So, how to make sure that the evidence is admissible in the court? So, uh, that's what differentiate a forensic accountant with other accounting profession.
0: Hmm. Now, um, I want to talk about forensic accounting in larger organizations. Um, should they? ideally be in-house you know because you mentioned earlier for SMEs they may not be able to afford a forensic accountant uh, in-house but and they can outsource their services when necessary but for larger organizations for corporates um, should forensic accountants be someone they employ in-house Uh, For larger organisations, usually like financial institutions, right, uh, they already
1: have forensic accountants in their organisation. It will be better because whenever a fraud case comes in, it will be easier for them to handle. But when it comes to employee fraud, when the employee of the organisation is uh, involved, so it will be always better to outsource the service of a forensic accountant.
0: Right, to have a third-party view, an independent view. Exactly, because usually forensic accountant because the
1: forensic accountants are trained to look beyond numbers, you know. Because when we say fraud, fraud is not an accounting problem only. It is also a human problem because you trust an employee and I you know they misuse the trust. So when forensic accountant comes in to do their investigation, there are so many processes involved where they will interview the suspect and you know, they prepare a report, they develop genograms. So this would be better to be done from a the third eye perspective.
0: All right, it's time for us to take a quick break for some messages. But when we come back, we get into fraud prevention and something called internal controls. Resource Centre, we'll be right back. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Better Finance Management, BFM 89.9. You are listening to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me right now is Kavita Arunasalam from Asia Pacific University of Technology and Innovation, and we are discussing forensic accounting. The, I understand uh, there's something called internal fraud and external fraud. Uh, can you talk to us about that? And, and how would someone try to commit uh, these kinds of fraud? okay
1: usually internal fraud is committed by the employee of the organization itself so occupation we call it occupational fraud or asset misappropriation like uh, the breakfast example when so someone employee stealing money from the company or sometimes we can see employee now uh, because most of the employees are now working online you know work from home which is good but they have more opportunity to manipulate the system so they can come out with fake invoices and fake vendor requests where company end up paying for something that they have not been ordering. So that is internal fraud. External fraud is when the fraud is committed by third party, for example, vendors, suppliers and all that. For example, uh, maybe you've ordered a quality, a quality product, but the vendor has been sending B quality and you have been paying f- more for an inferior quality product. So it's like big reaching. So these are examples of external fraud committed by the third party. Hmm. Now at the end of the day the victims will be the organizations itself
0: right right now I also um, when I was doing some research I found this term called internal controls and I understand that forensic accountants can enhance a company's internal controls What does that right. mean exactly? See, when we say internal
1: control, so basically, they are a set of activities which are layered on the normal operating procedure. So, to simplify it, it is a to you know, to, to look at it another way, it is basically activities that you need to have to mitigate the risk of fraud. For example, in the sales department, uh, you need to have more than one uh, schedule so that there's balance, the segregation of duties are there. So, what foreign state accountants will do is they will give suggestions based on this internal control on how to prevent fraud from happening. So, they use uh, tools. Like, for example, when we say uh, internal control, thing that comes in my mind would be COSO Internal Control Framework. So, COSO stands for Committee of Sponsoring Organization of the Tradeway Commission. So, in 1992, they have come up with a framework and this framework is generally accepted framework where what foreign accountants will do is they will use this framework and they will understand the business environment and give advisors and design a framework on how that particular
0: organization can prevent fraud mm-hmm. according to this framework. Right. So preventing, I've heard you mention preventing fraud a couple of times now already. Is that another role of a forensic accountant? Like you say, if you don't have a case and you don't suspect any fraud being committed in the company, um, can a, can you employ a forensic accountant to come in and just kind of look through the way you run your business to identify uh, ways that you could be manipulated to prevent fraud? Correct. Actually,
1: the problem is sometimes organization believes that you know, fraud won't be happening. So, uh sick, we can always call forensic accountant to do uh, like how when we are sick, we are not sick when we go to the hospital for a normal medical checkup, right? So, uh, before anything happened, you know, before the organization faced a lot of losses or a negative reputation it's always important to engage in the service of foreign accountant so that they can run through the business processes and ensure that uh everything is positive you know uh the controls are well equipped and uh, there's minimal room for fraud for happening
0: Right. Um, Kavita, do you think you can share some examples of fraud cases that have happened in Malaysia, maybe over the last year as more of us work from home? uh, Or if you have any other case studies that you think are interesting and that you can share with us, just so that we better understand the role uh, of a forensic accountant and why it would be beneficial for businesses to uh, to employ their services?
1: Okay, when we say fraud, right, okay, look, before that, we need to understand usually why employees want to commit fraud. So, that is the basic question. So, usually when employees commit fraud, right, it's because of this uh, particular reason which is developed. We have this model called Fraud Triangle. So, Fraud Triangle is a model developed by... Dr. Donner, Cressy. So he called embezzlers as trust violated. So he came up with a model where he come up with three factors why employee commit fraud which is opportunity, pressure, rationalisation. So When there is opportunity, for example, when the internal controls are less and when employees have pressure, for example, financial pressure and other pressure, and when the employees have room to rationalize, for example, they'll be working for very long and they are not being rewarded. So these factors actually lead for an employee to commit fraud. So back to your question. Now, since pandemic is here, we can see most of us are working from home and we are facing a lot of challenges working from home. So sometimes organizations put in uh, pressure on the employee and this gives the employee the factor pressure to commit fraud. So I will share one example that I have, which is a procurement fraud where, like this now I mentioned, this employee, uh, of course, I can't mention clearly the names and all that, but if if we actually google embezzlement we can actually see a lot of cases but the one that i'm going to explain is where this employee uh, is a procurement manager where he has the or he or she has the opportunity to commit fraud because he's the one who passes by all the vendor requests so what he do he creates a fake vendor and uh, because the n- fake vendor request that created is actually low in value so it doesn't have to go through the approval process so when the approval process is being bypassed easy for the employee to commit the fraud so embezzlement procurement fraud and stealing inventory and selling it online these are some examples of fraud where companies feel organisations feel that this won't be happening. I'm it's definitely it won't happen. But they don't know it is happening until they it's being discovered.
0: Right. Okay, Kavita, before we let you off the hook, um, maybe you can give us some advice on what companies can do to prevent fraud. Now that we've learned there are so many ways <laughs> to manipulate uh, uh, the your organization internally, externally, uh, you know, it's a scary world out there. But what can companies do to prevent fraud?
1: Okay, I will say again, we can go back to the fraud triangle. So we have to make sure that the opportunity, rationalization, pressure is being taken care of. So that that's one way uh, we can make sure that our we have a fraud-free environment. But one of the biggest deterrents to employee fraud is giving training to the employee. When employees are trained to recognize the signs of fraud, they are better equipped to report it because 50% of employee fraud is detected due to a tip from a staff member. So this is why it is so important to ensure everyone within the organization is aware of fraud risks, like types of fraud and the consequences associated with them. So, for those considering committing fraud, this will be a warning sign that, okay, management is paying attention. And for those honest employee, they will have like, uh, it's an important lesson for them on how to spot fraud and how to report it to the correct channel. So, that's what I'll say. And but again, if organization, if they find an employee who may be stealing or doing wrongdoing, please do not rush to judgment because you don't want to falsely accuse someone, right? So it's important to build a case. So we need to engage in the service of a forensic accountant so that they can investigate and build the case. For They can actually go to this website, Association of Certified Fraud Examiner. They have a lot of resources you know, uh, on how fraud is committed and uh, how can we prevent fraud. But at the same time, for students who would like to take the course, Forensic Accountant, there are so many universities offering the course, which is specializing in forensic accounting so they can explore into this area
0: Thanks for that, Kavita. I've been speaking with Karvita Arunasalam from Asia Pacific University of Technology and Innovation. If you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website, bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app. It's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I'll be back again same time next week with more Resource Centre. But till then, uh, this is Audrey Raj for Enterprise BFM 89.9.